getting cramps. <laughs> Just in time for us to start recording. <laughs> They're not from your uh, vaccine, are they? No. Like you're feeling better from that though, right? The second dose? Not 100%. Mhm. Like I'm still exhausted. Mhm. But um the worst of it has passed, yes. Like oh, that's good. Um uh, last night like eight o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock, I finally felt like, all right, I'm not feeling so worn down. Mm-hmm. But that's still that was too long. Well, yay, in two weeks you'll be fully vaccinated. I know. Like it's you know, doesn't it take it takes two weeks, right, to get it like fully That's what they say, like right? I don't know what the percentages are for the second one. I know the first one they say um, at least for, for Moderna, uh, after the first dose, you're immediately 80% nice. or something like that. And then after two weeks, you're 90% covered. And then the gotcha. second one is a booster, which raises mm-hmm. it up to, um, I've seen both 96 and 94%. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know about, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure good. it depends on the person, but that's mm-hmm. amazing. Oh, yeah. They say... Um, too that like the worst you're like if you have really bad side effects that like that just means your immune system's like real good oh really you got a good immune system so i'm just hoping this meant like <laughs> you're good don't worry about <laughs> it we got it awesome. man having to wake up in the middle of the night well, not having to wake up i was like never really fully asleep but like getting out of bed and getting finding all my washcloths and like putting mm-hmm. them in cold water and just like laying them over myself that wasn't fun. I don't <laughs> want to do it again. <laughs> oh, man. But still, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Uh, welcome to the new witches, everyone, <laughs> where we talk about witchy topics uh, for all of you witchy folk, as well as, you know, vaccines. Get your vaccine as soon as you can, guys. <laughs> you should. I mean, the side effects, at least for what I had, were not fun, but I'm good now. It goes awesome. away. It's just, your, mm-hmm. you know, your body's cool. It's, it does it's stuff. temporary. It sucks, yeah. but it's temporary. Um, I'm getting my second dose um, in a week. A little Yay. over a week, actually. This Thursday. A week from this Thursday. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very exciting. Um, which is great. So, like, my, my parents have been out on a trip, and it's they got theirs, the John, Johnson & Johnson, right before they left. And then, like, Gavin got his the same day. He got the Pfizer one. Me and my sister got Pfizer as well on, di- on different days. But what's crazy is that they've been gone for so long that by the time that they get back, all of us will have been fully vaccinated. Oh, that's so exciting. Which is kind of cool. Like, we'll all, like, come together and we're all going to be fully vaccinated. Um, Gavin's family, too, has been, like... Um, I think just one of his sisters hasn't been vaccinated yet, but his mm-hmm. mom and his other and his uh, youngest sister has. Um, but yeah, exciting times. Just more Super and more people exciting. getting vaccinated. Um, but still, you know, be smart, guys. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Listen to the CDC. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, I'm pretty excited for this episode. Yeah, me too. So our. I always say it's like in the top three, but really when I check 
on Buzzsprout, like on our stats, it really is consistently our number one most popular episode. Yeah. And that is episode two, Types of Witches Plus Altars. Mm -hmm. And um, I did record that with my original co-host, Melanie. And since then, I've grown a lot in my knowledge of in the witchy world and types of witches. Obviously, doing this podcast kind of like exponentially learned so oh, yeah. much more about this community, which has been amazing. But, you know, we felt me and Laura like we had to revisit that. And like you listen to that episode and you can hear like how unsure or like kind of one, I'm very self-conscious because it was only the I yeah. think it was the first episode that we recorded or the, or maybe obviously maybe just the second. I feel like um, you probably recorded like two in a day or something like that. Yeah, we like recorded your intro two in a day. and then an episode or something. And for anyone out there who's ever like done this where you're like recording yourself, whether it's a podcast format or not, um, it feels weird. Yeah. Because it's like it, right now it's like natural to me. It's like it, I don't worry about it anymore. But mm-hmm. you can hear kind of like this is very foreign in my voice back then. (laughs) (laughs) And we also did just such a brief take on each type of witch. And there's so many more witches, of course. um, But we thought that, you know, it deserved, um, you know, let's resurrect that topic. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Resurrect. It's not Jesus. Oh, yeah, well, on the heels of Easter, I'm all like, oh, go, Jesus. Um, He is risen enough. Uh, But no, I actually didn't even go to any service or anything. I did see um, Gavin's family, which was nice. Mm -hmm. We had a brunch, but didn't do anything too Christian-y other than like, oh, well, today probably is the day I should wear my crucifix. (laughs) Check that box. So I I was a naughty Christian. This last Sunday. That's okay. It's all right. Just go straight to hell with Lil Nas X. <laughs> oh my God. The shoes. The shoes. I Everything. Love him. That video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh. Yeah. If you yeah. don't know what we're talking about, you got to look it up. I feel like there's no way everyone has to know to some degree. I know. Been right? everywhere. But like, <clears throat> if for some reason you don't know what we're talking about, look it up. Um, but yeah. Well, you did what you needed to do for Easter. Yes. Yep. Yep. Anyways. Yeah. Let's kick things off. Let's do it. Well, you kind of already did. Sort of. So yeah. So gosh, um, pretty soon we're coming up on the anniversary of the launch of this podcast, which is Mm -hmm. May 3rd. And this episode that I mentioned, our uh, episode two, Types of Witches Plus Altars, came out with our other first, like, all the all our first three episodes came out at once on May 3rd. Um, and that was really our first true episode because mm-hmm. the first one was me and Melanie just kind of, like, shooting the shit, introducing ourselves and our personalities and our backgrounds. And so episode two was really, like, all right, let's actually cover a topic. Um, and, yeah, at that point, too, I had only had one tarot deck, and I was also having the hardest time connecting to that tarot deck because it just was not a good tarot deck for beginners. I'll, But it's a gorgeous deck. I'm not 
trashing yeah. it. But just crazy. Like here I am like, you know, 10 decks later and all, all this knowledge and, you know. Isn't it wild the amount of time? Mm-hmm. Like what you can learn in a year? Like this it's year's flown really, by. It feels like it's been five years. Yeah. <laughs> this, this past year has been so long. <laughs> But it's, I think it really speaks to, you know, if you're starting in something new and it seems daunting, don't let it, don't let it discourage you because you learn so much. And mm-hmm. sidebar, with the anniversary coming up, what if we recorded like a new intro to come out on May 3rd? Oh, that's a good like one. Like a anniversary. Yeah, I like that. Thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like something special. Like, not yeah, an we, intro, we should, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it, we definitely need to do something special for our anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> our anniversary. Um, <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> we'll definitely, yeah, we'll have to, you know, brainstorm on that. But we'll definitely put something super special out for the anniversary episode. Yeah. I don't even I know. It, do, it probably doesn't fall on a Wednesday, but we'll, we'll it's a put Monday. one out. It's a Monday. So... <laughs> Maybe we give you guys two episodes that week, the anniversary episode and then our yeah. regularly scheduled episode. Give you, give you guys a little treat as a thank you for, gosh, listening. I mean, yeah, everyone, whether you've been listening from day one or you just, you know, started tuning in, like we just appreciate everyone who listens and supports what we do. And yeah, so much. thank you. You yeah. guys are great. Anyways, enough with this happiness. <laughs> On to the episode. <laughs> Onward. Um. Yeah, I mean, so that is that has always been, um, one of the top episodes, which has now mm-hmm. become the top episode that we have, and I feel like, you know, there might be two reasons why. I think we mm-hmm. can't really discount that, like, if someone's going to start listening to the podcast, it's one of the first ones to listen to. Yeah. However. I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that when I start a podcast, I like to do it chronologically, yeah. even if it's, like, episodic, like, if there's no storyline that you have to follow mm-hmm. throughout. It's still, I don't know, I just, I like listening in and hearing the evolution of the podcast. Right. Well, so. and then, you know, the people talk. And you're going to hear things in one episode that like, oh, yeah, maybe in a few episodes later, they mention something. You're like, damn, but I didn't listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. And you're like me. And maybe mm-hmm. you have you just have to know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, when when someone comes to a podcast like this, obviously, it's because they're interested in the topic of witches. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things people tend to want to do when they decide like, you know, this is something I'm going to do and I'm going to invest my time in. They have this like ding of, okay, I'm a witch. What's my path? Mm -hmm. And so having a title like this, obviously people were going to start listening to it. Yeah. Um, And it's to, to this day, it's one of the most common questions that we get from our listeners on all of our platforms, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or, yeah, you know, it's, it's how do you find your path? Yep. And gosh, isn't that our question like through life in general? Yeah. You always <laughs> want to know your path, yeah. but this is, this is like one facet of your life where it seems to be like a big deal. 
mm-hmm. where you need to know it. And yeah. for one reason or another, I'm going to call it witch culture, has basically <laughs> mm-hmm. made this like a must. Like we're kind of it's, inundated yeah. with this. Of yeah. what's What kind of witch are you? What kind of witch are you? And we're talking about like, you know, the witch presence, I think, online particularly. Yeah. Well, that's how everyone's connecting these days because yes, well, yeah. what else is one to do? But they kind of push this like you need to have a label. You you need to identify yourself to others with something. And we want to feel like we're part of it. We want to feel like whatever it is that we're doing is legitimate and valid. And we want to know that we have a direction because it's a big world. Right. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of like. Uh, going into college and someone asking like right away like what are you studying like that's a little more clear because that's four years of schooling and <laughs> it's gonna go somewhere but um it's okay to be an undeclared major exactly you can be undeclared <laughs> you, you, but you could just be like if I had an example and then I lost it uh give me a second uh, like psych major. I don't know. Who knows what you're going to end up being? But like, mm-hmm. I'm a psych major. Mm-hmm. And that answers everyone's question. Um, but whatever we, when you get into the witchy world, you essentially want to immerse yourself in it because it feels like you found a home and you love it and you want to yeah. be all about it. You want to be mm-hmm. in it. And if you have your path, you have that. And it's like a title and it makes you feel like, yeah, I'm one of them. And mm-hmm. It's a very it's very empowering to be able to put into words who you are. Yes. Very and much everyone so. Everyone wants that kind of peace of mind and identity. Yeah. So that's I think that's a big reason why it's been such a popular episode, but it's mm-hmm. also exactly why we wanted to start a new series. High school where- musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially that. Yes, but types of witches revisited. Types of witches. We want to take the time to actually use an entire episode to explore one type of witch mm-hmm. and really go in depth into each type, all the ins and the outs, so that if you have any question as to, well, what is a cottage witch? What is a sea witch? We'll cover it in its entirety. And I think... We didn't really talk about this part, but I think like once we've covered a witch, it might be kind of fun to find that kind of witch to come on an interview. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, get because everyone you might f- fall into a label, but not everyone's going to do it the exact same way because mm-hmm. everyone's in different locations. You mm-hmm. know, you may you may know that you are a sea witch at heart, but you live in the Midwest. Oh, the tragedy. Like, what are you going to do? There's the. One of you has to exist. I just know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on the pod and talk. <laughs> <laughs> but so in that episode, obviously, we covered types of witches, but you guys also covered types of magic, which I think could also use like a slight revisiting too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Because I think everyone's kind of grown from you know, the old school thoughts of white magic, black magic. And there are other types of magic. I mean, I don't Gray know. We magic. Just, 
talked about chaos magic. Off-white magic, beige <laughs> magic, bone magic, Is void there- magic. I'm just trying to think of like all the different <laughs> fancy words for white and black. <laughs> Sparkling. <laughs> Bubbly magic. <laughs> for our champagne lovers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean... I feel like it's kind of evolved in general mm-hmm. what those things are, what they aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know There's, if you want to. I think also in the past year, because we recorded that, and I, that I mean, it's still very relevant now with the trial happening, but we recorded that shortly yeah. before um, the murder of George Floyd. Yeah. Under the hands of former officer <clears throat> Chauvin. Chauvin? Chauvin? I think it's not making him fancy, though. Anyways, who who knows? Who the fuck cares? Shoving. Um, (laughs) And there is, you know, there's been so like the conversation about race and racial injustice and systemic racism is at an all time high right now, especially in the last year, where we've also just had the mental space to to think about it and and to listen and to try to be allies and to try to learn and so and this conversation is still going it's like it's also reignited with recently like the you know stop asian hate mm-hmm. um and the discrimination that asian americans have been experiencing which has been horrid as well yeah um i think that also begs the question of you know there is obviously a racial discussion also within the witch community of using terms white magic equals good magic and mm-hmm. black magic equals evil magic. Yep. And gray is somewhere in between. Absolutely. And so that's a whole other thing to unpack, um, which I don't think we'll, you know, in our series, we'll probably dedicate an episode to just that. Mm-hmm. But that's also something that having grown as a person and having witnessed everything that has happened in the last year, um, restructuring like the lens that you're going to see your terminology through. I think I've definitely like heard that before, um, you know, George Floyd, like the whole, Mm -hmm. you know, why is white magic have to be good and this and that and light and dark, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, foolishly and ignorantly didn't think that it was much to consider at the time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really, really considering it and trying to ask how how can I be better? Like we're trying to ask how we can be better citizens and better allies to BIPOC, mm-hmm. right? And that goes into everything in your life you know you can't compartmentalize that it also has to do with you know how are you going to be that ally within the witch community as well Mm -hmm. i think this last year has definitely taught that a lot of people um need to exercise humility either they need to or they need to do more of it just to be able to realize that you may not be doing things the right way you may need to adjust your the way you're thinking Mm-hmm. And like you said, your lens and that something you may have known for so many years, you may need to look at it differently. 
which I know Listen, I just said, but like, yeah, Einstein, <laughs> Einstein, like, what was it? Was it Einstein? No. Hold on. Pause one moment. We're looking up like a quote that everyone no, says not, he said. Okay. <laughs> no, not a quote. I'm going to make sure they actually said this. Honestly, you should always do that before you should. <laughs> putting up a quote on social media because it's almost always just like mis- <laughs> miscredited. Absolutely. Domino. Stinky little girl. Okay. So I don't, I don't know why. I, I believe maybe Einstein had a similar experience. But the person I was actually thinking of is Stephen Hawking, mm-hmm. who had a theory on black holes. And he's like, I've proved it. This is what it is. And people are like, wow, genius. And he's like, y'all, I was actually wrong. Mm-hmm. And he fucking just changes his mind about black holes and comes up with an entirely new theory. And so somebody that prominent somebody that smart he's a literal genius you have to have that humility to be like yo i was actually mistaken and i'm going to continue to learn to be better yeah i think people become pretty prideful especially when they're confronted by other people calling them out on something Mm -hmm. and honestly it doesn't like, I, I get when people are like, oh, well, they were just, like, coming at me on, like, I was just going on the defense. Like, they were attacking me. I felt attacked. Well, you know what? You should ask why that person felt strongly enough to express that to you and to call you out on that. Mm-hmm. They ha- must have had to feel strongly enough that they had to try to correct you and try to educate you. There's a reason behind it. Like, it, you can't be so like self-centered in that way and i'm not saying that like people are inherently like selfish if you get defensive but you have to step outside right. of yourself because it's the bigger picture we're talking well, like about you here. do you have to look at step back from the situation and kind of assess what even happened because there are some people i mean there have been times where i've said literally nothing and been attacked and told i did mm-hmm. was told i did something wow was told that i did something wrong mm-hmm. and i you know, I kept a level head and thought about it and had to step back and be like, wait, what? And, you know, the, t- the what I'm thinking of, I, I really didn't. I tried to correct someone. So I did do something. I corrected someone <laughs> that was saying that the someone had mentioned like the life expectancy of someone with autism was a certain age. And I said, no, that there's no like that's not a thing. Mm hmm. And I knew that they were based. It's it not off a of disease, a, <laughs> right? Like it's they based it off of a study. I'm like it was a one time study. It was poorly done, and um, that's it's just not true. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it, no. Mm-hmm. And they went after me, tried to give me all these autism facts, and I eventually was getting death threats from people. Oh my um, gosh! Saying that I obviously wanted autistic people to die, and I thought that. How'd you get that? <laughs> right? Kind of wow. thought. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just, you guys are very poorly informed. I didn't say any of that. I just stopped talking to everybody because I thought mm-hmm. I said the one thing and then it escalated to that point. So they're, you know, I just, I'm just offering that as an example because I know that does happen too. But for the most part, when it comes to things like 
uh, well, anything, if someone says you're wrong, look into it before you respond. Mm-hmm. Like, take a yeah. breath. It's fine. Yep. It's not a big deal. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Don't just try not try not to get too defensive. It's okay to be wrong. I think it's a good thing to practice sometimes being wrong, doing mm-hmm. something the wrong way. And then, I mean, little things you can practice with. Yeah. But it's a good lesson to learn how to handle yourself. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, wow. We went into such a, like a... <laughs> That was, I think it was a good, like, offshoot. It was. Um, <laughs> we thought we would just touch on that for, like, a couple minutes, the whole white magic, black magic thing, and then it, like, turned into a thing, which I love. But, um, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll sit down and we'll have its own, like, dedicated episode. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's definitely something that needs to be revisited, long story short. <laughs> I, I actually almost feel like that would be a good ethical one as uh um oh my gosh our two series having a baby (laughs) (laughs) racism and witchcraft Mm -hmm. oh yeah very good very very good oh someone showed up to work today (laughs) all right so i'm employed unemployed (laughs) um so okay so types of witches that we touched on last time I'll just go through them real quick. I'm obviously not going to go into the whole spiel that I gave for each. Just, you know, a few words on each. So starting off with one of my favorites, personally, because I identify <laughs> as one. There's the green witch. And with that, it's like plants, nature, land spirits, elements. You're thinking like, you know, someone who likes to garden. Um, and then there's a hedge witch who's solitary, also works with herbs works with elements in nature, but also the hedge witch is also understood as um, working with the um, earth world and the spirit world. You're kind of like a mediator there. Like you're literally on the hedge, right? All right. And then there's eclectic witch, which I think really a lot of us (laughs) really are (laughs) at heart um, because no one is like strictly just this. No. Um, Like me, like, I mean, I I love divination. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's the eclectic witch, which is like a catch-all and a combination of traditions and practices, a solitary witch, a witch who chooses to practice alone. And this is really like a term, I think, rather than like a type of witch because hedge witches are solitary. This uh, is the the ultimate the ultimate introvert who as soon as you get in the topic, they just say, I'm a solitary witch because they want to be left alone. They just want to do what they want to do. Yeah, they just (laughs) want to do what they want to do or they can't handle like, you know, having to deal with the coven which is fine yeah you know um and then there's you mentioned cottage witch oh so cute um i'm just like thinking cozy socks uh no this is mostly (laughs) like focusing on home magic all aspects of the home i believe also known as like a hearth witch um so your magic is very much in like your like housekeeping and just like centered around your your home then there's a kitchen witch um, focus on food, herbs, cooking, baking, all of that. Chaos witch, which we, uh, witch, oh my gosh, I'm saying witch a lot. Witch, oh, witch. Witch, 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 a witch. Chaos witch, we touched on that for sigils and runes 101 very recently. So we delved a little more into that, but that's 
They practice chaos magic. They use sigils. They believe their power comes from their belief. And they work a lot with like the subconscious. There's mm-hmm. hereditary witch. That's a witch whose abilities run in the family. Their practices are learned from family, etc. There's a necromancy witch, which is literally means like corpse, like divination. So like communicating with the dead, mediumship. Maybe you're even working with like dead elements too, like dead yeah. materials. Um, elemental witch, which works mainly with, well, elements. Uh, sea witch. Oh, one of my faves. Wish I was one. Now I know a few because of this podcast, which I love. They work solely with uh, the water element, especially like sea life, sea plants, um, sometimes even like the weather. There's a storm witch. So that's kind of an offshoot too if like you're working with weather. Works with the elements and specific forms of like wind, rain, warmer, cold air, the four directions, like the cardinal directions. Swamp witch. Works with energies of swamps, bogs, and marshes. So, you know, a different kind of body body of water. Then there's the fairy witch, um, a.k.a. like fairy wicca, loosely connected to the fae. Um, You work with like that realm. British traditional witch, um, which is a form of wicca connected to the new forest traditions of wicca. Then there's a Wiccan witch, um, which is following the traditional or like or non-specific Wicca, pretty much. Like, you're just identifying yeah. as Wiccan. Um, I always have trouble, because I always want to say gardener, but it's, like, gard- gardnerian. Gardnerian. Gard- gardnerian. Gardnerian witch. <laughs> it's, like, Wicca, like, uh, but, like, a collaboration with Gerald Gardner. Like, I'm always thinking of, like, <laughs> Urban Outfitters X something, like, when you do a collaboration. <laughs> And then there's an Alexandrian witch, a neo-pagan form of Wicca started by Alex Sanders, ceremonial witch. Um, this witch will combine witchcraft and ceremonial magic, more occult than witchcraft most think of. Like, And you're just like really into just building up the moment, the ceremony. Urban witch, and those are, well, those witches that pract- have a practice in an urban element. Um and doesn't really like that's again just kind of a term because you can yeah. be practicing whatever sort of magic or practice you're just within an urban setting. Mm-hmm. And those are whew, the witches that we covered as quickly as I could go through them <laughs> in episode two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, it wasn't your whole episode, so you had to leave it as half. And there are obviously many more types. Yes. Um, so I'm going to cover a few types that weren't covered just to kind of give all of you listeners a really big scope of what what's to come, essentially. Like someday, I hope that we can cover all of these. And more. And more. <laughs> um, so I just want to make sure, like, you know, if you didn't hear your path, you know, maybe you will now. Yeah. And I'll go. Uh, and so, go. and go. So, of course, I'm starting with my favorite, <laughs> the pagan witch. Yes. So this would be someone who is pagan. So they don't follow any of the main world religions, especially Christianity. Um, they're someone who's poly, either polytheistic or pantheist, meaning either they follow something that holds 
or follows multiple deities or they're pantheists, mm-hmm. which means that they either don't work with deities, but respect them all. Or um, they believe that God is not a th- person, but like everything. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's, it's loose up for interpretation. Um, pagans also tend to, pagan witches tend to also work with their ancestors. They work with nature. Mm-hmm. They're a good mix of a lot of different types. Um, next is the divination witch. Their work revolves around divination. All types of divination. <laughs> you don't they, say. <laughs> I, shocking. Um, they may or may not work with deities or religions, but div- divination is just what they do. That's like a medium mm-hmm. who, you know, uses tarot decks and oracle cards and connects with the dead, but is like super Catholic or something. Mm-hmm. It's their separate things for them. Not all of them, I should say. The next one is Scottish Witch. And this would be simply someone who works with Scottish lore and myth and deities um, with their ancestors. And this is something that's usually ancestral. Like, yeah. they are from Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I would I would think that that would be like the most appropriate way to be a Scottish witch if you yep. either grew up in Scotland or are descendant of Scottish people. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Like, even if you – well, I guess I'll kind of get – I'm going to go through two more, and I'll touch back on this one. So the next one's (laughs) Irish Witch. Same idea. Works with Irish lore and myth and deities, ancestor. Also some connection to the Druids. Mm -hmm. A little bit there. (laughs) Think Outlander. Um, Right. Well, that's also (laughs) Scottish. So Druids kind of come in a little bit later, too. So some of these – they're close they're closely connected um because the next one is celtic witch and that's someone who follows the celtic lore and myth celtic deities seasonal observances and this is usually claimed by people who have more of a distant ancestral connection not always but Mm -hmm. say someone whose great-grandparents were from scotland or ireland right because the celtic tribes were like both in ireland and scotland right and france oh i didn't even know that that's the cool. celtic well the celtic people came from like that region what's oh. now france and then moved up which is why they say gotcha. like the celtic people aren't the original irish people even though they have been there for forever <laughs> for a very long time gotcha yeah. um and then we've got Kemetic witches. These are people who work with the Egyptian pantheon. And for those who didn't know, Kemet is the ancient word for Egypt. Because so I know there cool. are some people who wonder, like, why is it called that? Mm-hmm. There you go. That's why. Um, similarly, we have another word connected with a pantheon that some may not make sense to some, but the Hellenistic witch. Yep. She, he or she or they work with the Greek and Roman pantheon. Some people think it's just Greek, but it absolutely can include both. In some ways, Mm -hmm. it can be that specific Mediterranean area. Mm -hmm. Um, But those are the the gods, the deities that go with it. Now we've got a Gaelic witch who is someone who is basically like a Celtic witch, except they focus more on the Scottish side of things. Then we have a folk witch. 
This is someone who practices folk magic of ancestors. I'm sorry. Was that your stomach? No, I didn't even hear anything. The motorcycle? Oh, I heard a growling. Or was it a motorcycle? I heard a growling. <laughs> Let's hope it was the motorcycle. <laughs> Maybe it was just like, yeah, okay, creepy. All right, I'm going to say, it's, yes, it was the motorcycle. Because <laughs> there was a loud one that went by. Oh, okay. It sounded like a stomach growl. Or just a growl. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Not mine. I was snacking on these before we started. Oh, yummy. My my rice cracker medley from Ooh. Trader Joe's. <laughs> um, okay. Then we have Folk Witch. Practices folk magic of ancestors or of the people in the nearby geographical area. So think the uh, Appalachian Okay. I never. I try to say it the way they say it, and I never. It never comes out right. How do they say it? Appala- App- Appalachian. Appalachian. Okay. So the apple. Okay. Apple. Yeah. In Appalachia. <laughs> yeah, that region. Mm-hmm. Um. The next one is a garden witch. So this is someone that is different from a green witch. They're highly connected to the earth and focus solely on a growing garden. They're different from a green witch in that the garden witch may have um, an altar in their garden, but a green witch, they may have theirs outside. They may have it inside the house. Um, They may have it in their kitchen, wherever their greenery takes them. But a garden Mm -hmm. witch, it's solely outside. And they like to spend most of their time outside doing their, their magic. It all takes place in their garden. Then there's a lunar witch. They work with the energy of the moon and moon phases and cycles and work with lunar deities. And a nocturnal witch who is Mm. similar to a a lunar witch but works with the darkness of night doing spells and rituals at night. Daytime, they're like, fuck this, and have the time. And then, <laughs> so they're a bat. <laughs> yes. Bat witches. <laughs> then we have crystal witches who work with crystals or stones, um, usually practicing crystal healing, chakra balancing. They're, they're your go-to when you want to know, like, I have a headache. What do I need? And mm-hmm. they'll tell you. Or like, I'm not feeling confident about at it. work. What crystal should I bring with me? Exactly. Yeah. Um, then we have a draconian witch. We actually covered this one. Did you? I didn't see it. Yeah. I also realized that we didn't. We forgot to list the cosmos witch, which is basically like a ast- astrology witch, pretty much. Oh. So those are the two. I because I remember, like saying like. Like something like, oh my gosh, so hardcore, draconian. <laughs> like it, it sounds so cool. See, and when I tried to cross reference because I did the um, the the transcript. Oh. And then I like searched through it for for like the word witch, obviously, but then like mm-hmm. some of these, so I didn't think these were in there. But in any case, well, yeah, a draconian well, let's witch. The listeners. <laughs> They work with the symbolism and energies of dragons. Just fucking fuck yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) Then we have a hearth witch, which you did kind of touch on. Mm -hmm. Um, They're kind of a mix of a green and a kitchen witch. It's really interesting how so many of these, like, witch paths, um, it's like a Venn diagram. Like, some overlap a little and some only live in the circle. Yeah. And not in the overlaps. Just depends on, yeah, who you are. That's definitely this one. Um, Because it's magic around the home, like a cottage witch, but they focus a little more on protection. Mm -hmm. So there are some things that are similar, but then some that are kind of like extra. Um, Then this one's one that's more of like a term, a religious witch. That might just be what someone calls themselves. That's someone who practices a form of witchcraft while also practicing a religion, just not being specific about it. Um, Another term was... Yeah, that would be like... Like me being a Christian witch. Like I do witchcraft, but I also follow a religion. Right. And like if you didn't want to disclose that you're Christian, you could simply say I'm a religious witch. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, Okay, that was me. That was a burp. Just in (laughs) case you heard it. Um, (laughs) Cultural witch. uh, That's used as a umbrella term for someone from a specific culture. So they may not want to disclose what their culture is uh, or what term they use for theirs. They may just say, I'm a cultural witch. Mm -hmm. Then we have augury witch. Which which we already have an interview with one. (laughs) I know. If you remember way back, uh, our interview with Philip. Yeah. He was so awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if if you didn't hear that one, This is a person who interprets signs and symbols. They are like a divination witch, but they don't communicate with the dead. They're more or less shown things. Yeah, it's like um, interpreting omens, good and bad. Yeah. So it's something that is there. You're not asking for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we have a Corellian witch which is a tradition founded by Orpheus Caroline High Corell. It's a variation of oh. Wicca. Anytime oh. there's someone's name in it, it's a good it's, indication it's a Wicca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't um, even heard of this one. Yeah, I've come across it, but I, I never looked into it. Graham, is that you? No, it's a rat in the kitchen. That's cool. Oh, my um, God. What? <laughs> <laughs> get a rat under the kitchen sink from time to time chewing on things oh and it's loud um anyway um no the next is actually an angel witch which is a british heavy metal band uh, (laughs) but also someone who works with angels (laughs) gotcha uh they really are though and i think i think from the 80s 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. 80s. Do we have a, a night wish witch? <laughs> oh my god, that'd be amazing. Night wish. A night witch. Well, I guess we already have that. Not gonna witch. <laughs> never mind. Night be wish funny, but witch where you night- only make wishes and you do it at night. While you listening to the band Night Wish. <laughs> yep. Yep. Somewhat ceremonial. <laughs> <laughs> um then we have Satanic Witch, which there are actually two branches of this. 
not really mm-hmm. branches, but like two different types who might call themselves satanic witch. The first, um, there was actually a group of a group called satanic witches, where they called themselves that uh, from Anton Lavey. He birthed the idea of it. Mm-hmm. But then the other people who might call themselves that that just convey someone who practices witchcraft, but also happens to be a satanist of some kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that would influence their witchcraft. Can I help you? <laughs> Hello, Domino. <laughs> she just fully leaned on me <laughs> while staring at I don't know what. Um, then we have a secular witch, which I actually I really like this kind. They are someone who separates their personal spiritual beliefs from their witchcraft. Mm. So, no matter what their beliefs are. They could be like, I'm Christian. I'm Buddhist. I'm. But they don't bring like Jesus into their mm-hmm. practice or Buddha or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They leave it, leave it at the door. Then we have a, I'll probably say this wrong and I don't care that much. Thelema witch, Thelema, which someone who practices or who follows the Thelema philosophy, which is connected to Aleister Crowley. Well, there goes What's your that. <laughs> There's so many sounds happening on your end, Laura. <laughs> There's the growl. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, um. Uh, Dianic witch. We have a Dianic witch. So this mm. one, I'm happy to talk about a little bit, just because we've had some people mention Wicca. And just stories we've talked about involving Wicca and being a goddess-based belief. But really, Wicca in itself isn't necessarily. But Dianic witchcraft is female-centered. It is a goddess-only club. Gotcha. So if you are into Wicca, but you're like, I just want to work with the ladies, that's the one. Then we have a Druidic witch. Similar mm-hmm. to Celtic, but the practitioner will mainly be a druid and practice the druid. Um, Huey. Huey. <laughs> There's a word and I can't think of it yeah. at the moment. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then our final is a Jewish witch, which this is someone who's, they're not just Jewish in practicing witchcraft. They There's a specific witchcraft involved in judaism and i am hoping that one day we can get jew witches on here oh my god that'd be the dream amazing she's i love amazing she is stellar she is she really really and especially i hate to say for her age because i hate bringing age into it I know it's her, for her, it's also hereditary. She learned a lot from her mom, but she is so well-spoken. I think she's 21. Um, oh, wow. Is she that young? Mm-hmm. I believe I so. Okay. Unless that just yeah. hasn't been updated. But she's so well-spoken. She's so well-composed. She's so well-researched, knowledgeable, mm-hmm. and just explains things perfectly. Just, yeah. just like Romani Uprising, too. Yeah. Yep. Super young. So, so, so just um, yep. studied and knowledgeable. Yeah. And I think oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. for us to even try to touch, like, touch on 
being a Jewish witch, like neither of us really can. I don't think I wouldn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be one where to do it, we would have to have someone like her on. Yeah. To do it justice. Mm-hmm. That would also be like a hybrid of this new series of types of witches yeah. and ethical witchcraft. I know would definitely come into that. Yeah. 100%. Also, I sent you the video. <laughs> it's Big Ed. <laughs> That's the guy everyone made fun of with the... Um, I like the view. Meh. <laughs> right? Is that? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I can't remember the rest of it. Yeah. Poor Big Ed. You see, though, I heard that he's actually a terrible human being. I don't I don't know. I haven't done a lot of research. I'm only just like watching. I just like I mean, he seems like on... a really sweet guy the way that he's presented that he's just like well intentioned, but like does things that, you know. I feel like I heard go well. something because I, I haven't seen any of his stuff, but I feel like I remember seeing a video of it was like an ex-girlfriend or something talking about oh. him. And it didn't paint him in a very good light. Oh. Which I know it's an ex-girlfriend, but like there was more. I can't remember now. And I'm sorry that I'm watching it now. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> oh, she really is just standing right there with a bucket. I thought like maybe yeah. it was like a curtain to give them some privacy. No, How do no. they bathe their wieners? Um, I just I just think that they hope things get wet down there. Wet enough. Or maybe usually her dad wouldn't have her his shorts on and he's True. just doing the courtesy of, you know. Yeah. There's <laughs> chickens. <laughs> <laughs> what are the chickens? Oh, because do they eat the chickens? Is that Probably. why they're in cages there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chicken throws. <laughs> Drop the soap. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> oh my god. Rose, what is that? I think mouse. I think mouse. That's no mouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to make hotel reservations as soon as possible. But first, I want to ask her father if it's okay, out of respect, because I'm a father and I would expect the same. But I'm not sure how he's feeling about me. What if he says no? <laughs> <laughs> It's just such a so much happening. (laughs) Is that a is that a rat or a mouse? (sighs) I think so. Yeah. (laughs) It could be. They have other rodents there too that aren't rats and mice. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) even the rats just like. 
seriously i don't know oh if it God. just got like splashed a whole bunch i know i'm like is it waking up is it dying i don't know i'm just gonna say was... r.i.p to all those animals I know, seriously. <laughs> oh my gosh oh. all right anyway i have covered a lot of extra witches and there are many more we know you are all out there we apologize we did not cover yours um and usually this is the part where i would say don't at us but like at us we want to know other practices and other paths do you do that do you say don't at us i i sometimes I feel like we usually keep it open did i miss well it? Maybe I've said it it, like way in the past, like don't at me, but blah, 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 blah. Um, No, at us for sure. At us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. The the colloquialism. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that's what the kids say, right? (laughs) After they listen to their bops. (laughs) I think bops isn't hip hip anymore. I can't even. It was just, what? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, I'm about to yeet into this next topic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right eat skirt so <laughs> <laughs> you never loved me mom <laughs> okay. oh my god these poor people okay um <laughs> they love it they've turned us off <laughs> <laughs> all right so and this next part, whew, all right. Um, but yeah, so why do we need these labels? So what, what is a witchcraft label? So it's just, it's just a way to just define the type of magic a person practices, right? Yes. Like we discussed this in the beginning, but <clears throat> yes, like labels are, they're useful, when you're talking to other practitioners, you're trying to learn, you're trying to compare. Um, if you just want to, you know, connect with like-minded witches mm-hmm. out there. Um, if you're just really enthusiastic and you're, you know, you know, you're just all about cottage witchery and like that's what you know you love. And we love to label label ourselves. Like, oh yeah, humans love to label things. Um, I remember there was this book that I once read that called, it was like in the perspective of a, of a monster or of like oh. a, of a, some sort of beast or whatever. Oh, it was, oh my God, I'm the worst. What is the, like the, the monster in Beowulf? I forget what his name is, but it's in his perspective. Oh my God, and I know. And so he, and I, I know, I'm totally blanking. Um, <laughs> of course, as soon as like we stop recording, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, that's when like all of my knowledge and all my years of schooling yes. return back to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there's a book named after this monster, and it's in his perspective. And he like the way that it's written, he speaks English, obviously, but he like terms things in a way where he calls humans um, the pattern makers. and just like how they like how we love like routine and we love like categorizing things and we just love patterns um prints florals no i'm just kidding like not those kind of patterns but um yeah we just like as humans we like to label we find 
Yes, thank you. I knew it was with a G. I had to look it up because it was going to drive me crazy. Grendel. Yeah, Grendel. And that's the name of the book, Grendel, I'm pretty sure. Um, But yeah, so I mean, I think everyone, you know, we're all walking through life trying to kind of find identifiers. Um, You know, people have hobbies, you know, like, oh, like I'm, I knit or I'm a gardener or I do this, I do that. And we really like to kind of be loyal to those things. Oh, yeah. We're just like all about them. Um, and they, these labels, like, yeah, they can serve as an identifier as well as like a reminder, um, to, you know, like continuing your studies, um, and continuing to learn and just like, also just that feeling of belonging when you find others that are with you, right? Yeah. So I also want to touch on studies, um, that have been done that show that if we tell ourselves we're something we end up making it true. Like, a, it's like, it's totally a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, mind over matter, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so it stands to reason, like, if we call ourselves a kitchen witch or a green witch or cosmos witch or whatever it is, that's, like, we will be that. I'm not saying you'll only ever be that forever because just like me, I started off being pretty strictly a green witch and then delved into divination and so like you Mm -hmm. know that goes into divination witchery and i've gone really into like the moon phases and that falls under the lunar witchery you know so pretty much i'm you know technically an eclectic witch now but (laughs) i still even though i am an eclectic witch really on paper i still identify as a green witch because that's what i feel like most loyal to but yeah the question is though like should that be how we label our type like so once a witch has comfortably found their path um this label can relay a lot of information and give you a pretty good snapshot of what exactly they practice but we know people are going to ask like for a timeline so here's like a loose suggestion right in terms of like I've just decided I'm a witch. Yeah, I've just decided I'm a witch. What do I do? Right. Because this is, you know, we're we're touching, you know, we've now broken down a lot of different types of witches. But again, you know, this episode is made for if you're asking yourself that question, like, how do I find my identifier? How do I find my place in the witch world? And how soon should you start? Yeah. Yeah. And this is obviously so loose. Like, oh, yeah. you do you. <laughs> But if you're asking us, these are this is just some advice we can give you. So if you're a brand new witch, so you've been, you know, doing this for like a year or less, like so brand spanking new. Um, study, research, start a journal. That's what I had to do. Like I, I started a journal that didn't last very long because I'm. <laughs> just crap at journaling but i did it for like a good three weeks okay yeah which is you know a record for me um and then there's like you know for me what worked is like i have a folder of like links of Mm -hmm. articles that i love and like my i love books so like my my little library of resources of different kinds of witchcraft that i'm interested in so those are some things you can do but pretty much the bare bones of it do your research yeah. 
and have some sort of record for you to reference later, which is always a helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're a newer witch, one to three years-ish practicing, this is like when you have like a better feeling for like what you feel a connection to. You've tried things, you know what you don't like. And you have a little more of an idea of your direction, but you're kind of like, you know, still open, right? Um, And then there's intermediate. So like there's, you know, three to six years practicing, I'd say, or sometimes more. It depends. It depends Um, on your comfortability too. Yeah. And also just how much time you've put into, you know, Mm -hmm. your practice. Well, and like, I also like to think of like, if you look at your whole life, Let's say Mm -hmm. you have a feeling you'll live to be 80. Mm -hmm. You're healthy, but not that healthy. Um, (laughs) You know, I think so many people want to jump to become that like super experienced witch. But at the same time, you have so much time. Mm -hmm. Ideally, you should. Um, So do you really want to try and jump through everything that quickly? Mm -hmm. Like, give yourself time. Yeah. Definitely, like, again, what we're talking about here is so loose. Yeah. So you know in your heart, whichever you identify with and what phase mm-hmm. you're at or what stage you are in your witch path. But um, so intermediate, like, so we're just guesstimating three to six years, maybe more. Um, You'll have a pretty good grasp on your practice. You know what you like. You know what you don't like. You've been dabbling in different practices to see, like, what fits. Your journal has probably become, like, packed full and just like maybe you have several journals or wow, like your bookmarks folder has like a bajillion different links, you know, on your browser bar, like wh- whatever mode your journal is in, whatever format it's in, like you, you have your own little like library resource. You've tried a lot and you're um, feeling a little more set and kind of knowing what you are about and what you're not about. And then there's advanced. These are witches that have been practicing for nearly a decade plus right mm-hmm. um this is what everyone wants to like this is like the goal everyone wants right. to get to like oh i am like this full-fledged witch like i have like my witch degree i'm gonna frame it on the wall or obviously that doesn't actually happen no. I've yet to get my <laughs> hogwarts letter <laughs> i'm making so much simpler if it were like school um oh yeah but, yeah this is like the end goal Right. And as a advanced witch, you know, like, you know who they are and what they want from like, you know who you are, you know what you want from your magic. You also like kind of know if you know other witches, like you kind of maybe have a friend who's advanced Mm -hmm. and that you like may relay to as a resource. Um, but yeah, as like an advanced witch, you might have multiple labels or have found one that kind of encompasses everything. And a witch at this level may even just like claim to be a witch rather than sticking to a label. And honestly, that's probably one of the most empowering things. Yeah. Like, yes, labels definitely help. That's why we're providing some to you to help you kind of try out different paths. Um, but there has to be a point where you just you're you can just just live, man. Just be a witch. <laughs> be who you are you do you um and i think it takes some time it takes practice mm-hmm. it takes experience to get to that level of comfortable comfortability where 
I I, th- I I always equate it to because like I'm an artsy person. So I think yeah. back to, you know, when I started pursuing art and I felt like I had to choose like, oh my gosh, do I do printmaking? Do I do photography? Do I do drawing? Do I do oil painting? Like, and then even within just painting, am I an acrylics painter? Am I watercolor? Am I oil? Like there's all these different worlds and all these different labels. And you have to go through all of these like practices of seeing what labels you fit into and it's Mm -hmm. the same with also just like design like am i a web designer am i print or am i this or am i that am i ui ux at some point you get to a point where you're just like i'm a graphic designer Mm -hmm. and you don't feel that like insecurity of like having to justify why you're a graphic designer or if you're like i am an artist or whatever it is i am a blank like insert you know statement it is it's super powerful super super powerful and we all want to reach that point we're not you know i think what's interesting is that people think once they get to this point they will have more answers than questions and that's never the case Mm -mm. like you cannot expect to know everything no but what there are less questions about is who you are as a witch i think like your identity as a person rather mm-hmm. than like questions about what to do and what to practice i feel like the the questions are endless there in the things that you do and maybe even the things that you believe in but i think like as a person just you settle in there's less questions there it's kind of like when you graduate therapy do we like, ever graduate yeah. therapy though <laughs> I mean, like I haven't. <laughs> you can always go back, but I remember the last time I ever went, it it kind of had this feeling of like, all right, I've been doing this for over a decade, and now mm. I'm done. I didn't feel done, but I definitely felt like I know who I am. I have a you know a mental toolbox full of mm-hmm. tools to see me through things. Uh, doesn't mean I'm not going to learn anymore. Doesn't mean I won't come back, but. It was a, like a preparedness kind mm-hmm. of a feeling. And I think that's kind of what this stage is. Yeah. Is you can continue to learn. You continue to grow. But you know, you know, you know you, you know mm-hmm. the direction you want to keep going in. You know that things may come up. And mm-hmm. it's that feeling of I got to figure things out isn't there. Right. Yeah. And I think, too, at this point, things feel second nature as mm-hmm. well, as far as your practice. Yep. Like, I'm still in a stage where I'm having to, like, try to remind myself or, like, ask myself, ooh, like, there's this full moon coming up. Should I do something for that? This and that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like once you're an advanced witch and have been doing this for years and years and years, it gets to a point where you already have, like, your, like, just, like, you know, getting up and brushing your teeth is normal it's like once this full moon comes i always have my full moon bath or whatever it is and it feels like it's just part of you it's a habit what you do exactly a habit Mm -hmm. for sure so yeah those are like my different life stages of a of a witch or like like path stages i guess obviously that's so loose super super loose like it's just an example of an example yeah yeah it's going to be different for everybody Mm mm-hmm um, and I think most importantly, nobody can tell you what level you're at, even if it may seem like if you're like, I'm brand new to this. 
you know, yeah, you're probably brand new, but it's not for anyone to tell you, oh, so you're mm-hmm. a you're a baby witch or a new witch. Like that's you you decide that. You get to say that. Yeah. What I love about this podcast, um, because we did start this at first for like beginner witches. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't have like a name right away. And we actually had a bunch of like very like flourishy, flowery language kind of <laughs> names for it. And we eventually landed on just something very basic, just the New Witches podcast. Because not only do we want to speak to new witches as far as like being new to the scene, like the new Mm -hmm. kids on the block, like baby witches and witchlings, however you want to call yourselves. But we also wanted to speak to, even if you are a seasoned witch, what it means to be a witch in the modern era in that sense of like the new witch. Mm-hmm. Like how witches live now. Um, so yeah, I just you know I don't think I've we've ever like broken down Mm-mm. the like what's behind the name the new witches because it sounds pretty like okay so this is a witch you listen or this is a podcast you listen to when you're new to witchcraft. Yeah, and that's or like we're just we're the new ones. <laughs> we're the new ones. Um, but it's also like you know how does that look like in the modern world right what does modern witchcraft look like yeah and it's so different like there's just with social media we've been able to connect with so many different kinds of witches it's just this whole new thing it is and i think with that comes a whole new level of understanding because now that people are connecting there's some people who are seeing similarities and there's some people who are saying like well you're doing that differently you're wrong i'm right Mm -hmm. so there's also some teachable things <laughs> it's a nice uh, way to put it yeah teachable mm-hmm. <laughs> um because yeah some people just assume that what they practice is the right way even yeah. if you're like i don't even touch what you do mm-hmm. don't tell me what i'm doing wrong <laughs> this is different yeah um but you know with with labels you know we're talking about types of witches their labels. Um, some people, you know, will make an argument that labels can be dangerous or unhealthy. Now, how can that be? Well, in a way, they kind of can. Yes. Um, because if you are so focused on becoming whatever label it is that you've decided, whatever type, you can end up missing out on other experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, for you, starting out as a green witch, if you had just decided, this is it, this is who I am, screw everything else, you wouldn't have found that you also have a connection to divination. hmm Yeah. Or you know, anything else. And you would have missed out on all that. It's kind of like practicing with blinders on. And I, I'll come back to that in a second. hmm But I know one thing that gets talked a lot about is that if you little girl is born, right? She's born, she's a baby, toddler, little kid, preteen, teenager, her whole life, if she's just continuously told how pretty she is, studies have been done. She's not gonna grow up to know that she's also really smart, that she's really good at baseball, that she's really good at drawing caricatures. All she's heard is how pretty she is. Or the other side of the coin, 
how she how pretty sh- she isn't or something. Yeah. Well, but the, it's again, the like, more she hears it, the yeah. harder that can get hit. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have anything else to stand on. Yeah. So, which is why a lot of times now people will say, don't tell a little girl how pretty she is. Like, you can say that, but look at her as a whole person like you do mm-hmm. little boys, right? Talk about how good they are at things, etc. That's just an example of what can happen when someone hears just one thing all the time. Yeah. And it creates like a one dimensional um yeah, worthiness. Exactly. Scale or like Yeah. Yeah. It's um it can really it can really fuck a person up. So that's part of the dangers of like not just labels but relying mm-hmm. on a label so heavily that it's your whole identity and mm-hmm. it's just that. Now, another thing is I have seen some, and this isn't to say this is a bad thing, but I do see a lot of witches trying to label themselves really early in their journey, kind of at that beginning stage of I'm new to this and I want to find my path. That's kind of their first step. And to me, when I see that, it's it's kind of like going, like revisiting your kindergartner self. Mm-hmm. And when you had to fill out that, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> yeah. If you, if that was like, we lived in a society where, okay, stamp, that's your path for life. Good luck. And going through school and being trained on whatever that is. Like, you know, the things that we would end up being as adults. Some people might be cool things. But, you know, I had a kid in my kindergarten class who wanted to be a dinosaur. <laughs> Don't know how that mm-hmm. would have worked out for them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so, and I'm, and I'll just say like this little piece is basically me playing devil's advocate because I have to do that and everything. That's just who mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically while if I'm going to play devil's advocate, while having these categories can be helpful in some instances, like connecting with others and sharing your practices and just having that connection, it can also stunt the growth of your magical practice, whatever that practice is. A new witch's journey can stall because they feel like they can't start learning until they know what kind of witch they are, which is kind of true. If you were to put someone, you know, on a path somewhere and say, okay, go for it. And there's all these different directions to go. They may not want to walk in any direction until they know where those paths are going to go. Yeah. It's scary and it's understandable. Of course you Mm -hmm. want to know your path because there's so much out there and -hmm. you don't want to waste any time. You have that feeling when you start, you finally found something that maybe it was always a part of your life, but now you feel empowered to do it, to start it. Yeah. And you, you just, you want to go and get started and catch up. But it's because of that feeling that you go on the internet to f- look at types of witches and you are, you see all these online quizzes to find out what kind of witch you are, lists, very generic lists of types of witches and witchcraft. There's even psychics out there who claim to be able to read you. And tell you oh, what kind of and, a witch you are. Mm-hmm. 
like people are trying to capitalize on this a little bit, which is mm-hmm. where I hope that everyone is just at least aware of that. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody can tell you what is right for you. Even your best friend who knows you very well is not going to be able to say, well, I think you're this kind of witch. I mean, they may like in a friendly conversation say, like, you kind of seem like this to me, but they can't tell you what's right for you. That it's your decision. So a quiz isn't going to tell you. A list with some very basic things on it's not going to tell you. A psychic's not going to tell you. It's that's you. You get to decide that. Mm-hmm. And in the first few years of learning, you probably won't even have a good idea of what kind of witchcraft is right for you. You may know what appeals to you. But you won't necessarily know what's going to be right in terms of encompassing all the things that you're good at because you may not know. That's not true for everybody. Some people kind of know right off the bat. And that's yeah. That's cool and that's exciting, but it's not like that for everybody. Some people really don't know. Um, and an example of practicing with blinders on, let's say a new witch comes around. They go, okay, I, I'm a cottage witch because I like all things home related. And they delve into that. But they may not actually be able to explain to you what a cottage witch does, Mm -hmm. like in general. But they can tell you what they do. And that's fine if they can do that. But it can signify that they may not know enough to – I know I wrote in my notes claim that title. I don't like the word claim. Mm -hmm. Um, But to really embrace the title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know I've come across that with some, especially on TikTok, you'll see like a a 13-year-old who's, hi, guys, I'm a new witch and I'm a, you know, whatever kind of witch. And you see what they're practicing. And it's like, that's not really what that kind of witch does. But like, one, it's not for you to call out. If you ever see it, don't do that. Encourage them. But that would just be an example of you just have some more learning to do. Yeah. And that's fine. That's what it's all about. Um, I just lost my place. Oh, no. This is where I circle back to the blinders. Whatever practice you're doing, you may be showing signs of abilities associated with other types, which we've already kind of touched on. So, like, those blinders can prevent a cottage witch from seeing that they're, they also have a green thumb. Um, That they may have a knack for working with the elements. They may be a bit of a medium. But if they're so focused on, I'm a cottage witch, they can miss out on that and not be able to bring it into their practice. And honestly, I think kind of piggybacking a little bit off of where you left off, I think it's time to debunk the idea that you need to label your witchcraft. Oh, you yeah. You can. Mm-hmm. You can. But I don't think you need to. It is not a requirement. No. Labels are convey- are for conveying simple information quickly. 
And they're not the same as boxes, which they often become in today's world, witchy world, I should say. So if you've picked your, if you've picked a label and then you take a peek inside that box, you may see that like, well, I don't like some of the stuff that's in this box, but like I like what's in mm-hmm. that box and I like what's in that box and I like what's in that box. That's okay. But it may be worth like putting the label back for a second and being like, I'm just going to I'm going to take all these boxes out like you're not supposed to in preschool and I'm going to play with them mm-hmm. all and maybe don't care about the label. Don't label it. Just be like, those are my boxes. I like those ones. That's yeah. just what I do. So, in conclusion, hopefully, after going over all these different types throughout our series, we can help some of our listeners in their own journeys to help navigate their path to know what paths to check out. Mm-hmm. Maybe we hit one where someone goes, Holy shit, that's me. To a T, yeah. I didn't know that. And boom, there you go. That's that's who you are if you've decided. Um, and I think all that being said, you know, it might be good for us to share our own journeys, which I know we've touched on many, many times. Mm-hmm. But just for the sake of talking about types of witches in one episode... Oh, you Maybe don't have talk to tell me about... twice to talk about myself. Let's do it. <laughs> I think it would be good to share our journeys just as honestly as possible to give everyone an idea of what it what that looks like from not start to finish, but start to current and hopefully future direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do you want to go first? You go first. Oh no, I'm not ready. I need to give my voice oh. a break. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'll give it. I'll give it that break then. Um, gladly. Uh, so, man, for me, um, honestly, and I've I've said it again and again, but I did a lot of witchy things already before I um, embraced witchcraft, um, mm-hmm. and so some things came like really naturally to me but really uh like i mean so as far as like my past i have some underdeveloped mediumship abilities um had a lot of just very kind of disturbing scary for me um experiences with the paranormal Mm -hmm. and i sought help from a psychic medium and then she turned me to smoke cleansing and how old were you oh uh well, I mean, I've been experiencing paranormal stuff and seeing, hearing, talking to dead people since I was really little. But mm-hmm. I went to that medium when I was like 23. Okay. No, 20, 25. I think I was 20, 25. Yeah. So honestly, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm 29 now. So just four years ago. a few ago. years. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a few years. Um. And it wasn't really until I went over and visited Melanie once at her home. Um, Melanie lives like two and a half, three hours away from me. So it was like quite a trek. So we like made a weekend out of it. And um, it had been a while since I'd seen her. Um, So it was just like this really fun weekend. And I hadn't seen her in a while. Right. So 
in the last time that I'd seen her, she had herself embraced witchcraft. And I saw how, you know, her lifestyle was with it, which was, you know, new to me witnessing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was like finally putting a word, like a name to what I was already doing and already interested in. And then right. that just kind of was like the floodgates opened when we started talking about witchcraft. I remember we just like sat down and we did like different oracle readings and we watched all these different like YouTube videos from the gem goddess. Um, Cause at the time um, at least Melanie was like super, super into um, like divination, like card divination. And um, I know that at least at the time then she like identified as like a gray witch. So I don't know. I'm not going to say what her, you know, what she identified as yeah. fully, but I remember her using the terms like gray witch and divination and like Oracle cards. And like, I remember just that weekend, it was almost like this crash little crash course. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, well, man, I already like do smoke cleansing. I already um, work with crystals. I already like see God in nature and love to just connect with nature and stuff. And so it was just kind of, it. it's synthesized into um my path really at that point mm-hmm. um and that was the moment where like when i left her house i you know bought books and started doing online research and i totally did what a lot of new witches do in trying to right away find what i identified with as far as a label mm-hmm. and i identified with the green witch and that's kind of where i've you know headed down um I think one thing that was that I've learned that's important um, is to recognize when you resonate with something versus when something feels aspirational. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with aesthetics on social media, I'm like, Oof. oh, my God, I would love to be a kitchen witch. I'm not a kitchen witch. <laughs> like. <laughs> The most magic I do in the kitchen is like when I work with like herbs and teas, but I don't like do magic in my cooking or anything. Right. Um, and that it still fits with green magic. And, and, and it, yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, and so, you know, I think that was it was interesting to like learn to discern when I w- was finding something that resonated with me versus when I was trying to force something yeah. that I just really love the aesthetics you know, and li- listen, I've made the same, I make the same mistake over and over again. I'm starting to learn, but I made that m- mistake with like buying a dog breed that I'm like, oh, I can see myself being this person with a dog breed. I just wanted to be somebody that could own that dog breed. <laughs> it was a very challenging dog. Yeah. I feel like after training that dog, I love him to death. Um, but I, I, after training him, I feel like I can train any dog. For those who don't know, like it, it was, it was a, it was an Australian cattle dog. Oh my and god! If you don't know, mm-hmm. those are in the top ten like smartest dog breeds, and they can be Ooh. kind of like they can be assholes. Like oh yeah, I love them, but they're so smart. They're constantly challenging you. Yeah. Um. At the time, it kind of made sense because I was working on a farm, so he got a lot of, and they also need like rigorous exercise to just be mm-hmm. like mentally sane. And then I, a few months after having him, suddenly, like, I was laid off at the farm and then had to switch to an office job and just went downhill from there. Um, I love Vinny down to my core. He wasn't the dog for me. I wanted to be the kind of person that 
went hiking all the time and was constantly going on walks Domino. and runs and would constantly like you know take you know a bike with my dog running alongside me or something and i just wasn't that person and yeah. it ended up being you know just like a lot of pain unfortunately i did find him an excellent home with an owner who's perfect for him i still keep in touch with the owner and how vinny is doing but i think you know moral of the story be i mean obviously explore because sometimes you just don't know like let me try this does this resonate with me no but i think there's a certain point where you're like okay it doesn't like don't force yourself too much i I feel like there's a lot of pressure yep when you find like the aesthetics, witchy aesthetics on um, uh, online, but and they draw you in. They really do. They really, really do. For me, it was definitely like all the different tarot cards. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you know that's something that totally like right off the bat, I knew I really liked cardamancy. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while to warm up to cardamancy, however. Like, I, again, I didn't start really, like, studying tarot until a few months ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm still, like, very, very new, really, on cardamancy. Like, I worked with Oracle decks because you don't need to really study those very hard. Those are a lot more intuitive. Um, But always wanted to learn tarot and was just different. Like, I was just doing different explorations within my practice. And then Mm -hmm. I finally just recently reached a point where I had the space to right. practice tarot and to learn it and i'm still learning it mm-hmm. um i still identify as a green witch um still working on my certification on herbalism uh pray for me slash send me good vibes or whatever it is that you do because <laughs> um i got this I, I bought this beginner herbalism course like online course mm-hmm. a year ago and from the time that I opened it, you have like a year until it expires, like to complete the course. And I've been stuck on unit one for a very long time because I just <laughs> been procrastinating. And now I need to study and pass by April 18th because that's when it expires. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like literally crash coursing it. So, you know. Send me good studious vibes, y'all. But yeah, and now I'm just like in a point where I know a lot of the magical properties, but now I think um, uh, understanding the physical properties and and actions of herbs, like their constituents and all that, and how you can use them in your life to support your well-being. I've always wanted to do that. I'm currently in that. Um, What I love is that it's a little more like scientific when you're learning herbalism, right? And it feels mm-hmm. almost like botany um, and you're learning all these different, this different terminology and it feels a lot like you're in a science class-ish. Yeah. But then this course is so awesome because like they'll break down like instructions on like, oh, how to do like an oil infusion, this and that. And they still work in intention. Oh. Like, oh, like while you're, you know, rolling the the glass jar to get all of the herbs, you know, touching the the oil or whatever, like think about your intention and set your intention for this and then leave it, you know, let it sit for four to six weeks, revisit it every three days and reset your intention. And it's really cool because, I mean, when you think about it, herbalism this has been done for thousands of years 
before modern yeah. science came in the picture. And a lot of these practices and um, this herbalism in general, these are people who basically did these witchy things that, you know, we're learning about today and like all this ancestral or cultural veneration that we do and talk yeah. about like the origin of things. It's these same people that were very spiritual with nature. Mm -hmm. And so it's been cool to like navigate doing my herbalism and doing something that's really pragmatic while also bridging that spiritualism has been really awesome. So as far as like, I know we want to do kind of like a past, present, future, um, where I'm headed right now as a witch, um, I'm just really like exploring more of the lunar magic too. Mm -hmm. um, continuing to be a student of tarot and yeah, just hoping to, hoping to wrap up my herbalism, at just this <laughs> intro course in the next couple weeks and then hopefully be starting my intermediate course like in May or something. So mm -hmm. I'm, honestly, I'm like, I'm not trying to set myself up like this is where I want to be because I'm still feeling so many things out, but yeah. it's been cool to get to this point. It's like a happy medium where I don't feel as new, but I mm -hmm. know that there's still so much to learn where I'm, I really know what I'm interested in now and I'm respecting what I'm not interested in. Yeah. As and I pretty think that's as it may important. look. important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Respecting it. <laughs> yeah. But well, I, I like that. I like that. I like your path. Thank you. I like where you're going. I feel like, because you definitely, I, I can see you as you, sorry, my thoughts are developing as they're coming out of my mouth rather than me just <laughs> letting it develop first. Um, I know you mentioned like working with lunar cycles and stuff, but you also do work with a bit of astrology. Mm-hmm. And I know you have interest in that. Do you have any interest in like developing more knowledge on that in the future? I think right now it's just I'm slowly learning it more and more. I'm like so interested in learning it. Um, mm -hmm. I have yet to really incorporate it into my practice right now. It's more just right. like absorbing the knowledge of it. Mm -hmm. The moon is what really, really resonates with me so far that I have incorporated into my practice. Um, but yeah, I remember being a ba baby witch, witchling, whatever you want to call it. I'll call it baby witch. Whatever you wanted to call yourself. Yes. Um, yeah, witchling. So when I was like a witchling, um, I just remember feeling like I wasn't enough of a witch if I didn't understand astrology. Because that was so prevalent online. Yeah. And people talking about their sun, their moon, their rising, and the houses and this and that. And... um. I even watched like this TikTok video where this girl's like, if you want to get into witchcraft first, like learn your um your own chart and then let's talk about you, you know, entering, a, you know, very gatekeepery. Yeah. But then it's also kind of supported in a way where you see people talk about astrology so much. And it was such a I don't know what it, what it was about astrology. It's kind of just like a, a learning curve for me. Mm hmm. Just because my mind is like elsewhere. Well, that's a lot of information too. It's so much. You have to be it's ready to take overwhelming. it overwhelming. Yeah. It's overwhelming. I've I've loved the relationship we've established with um, Jess Demetrio. Yeah. Um, we've had her on 
a few times mm-hmm. um, in our uh, Astrology for Beginners Part 2 and then most recently for Saturn's Return. Um, she's amazing. And yeah, I've mostly been learning about astrology through her mm-hmm. and as well as the Sanctuary app. So oh, yeah. sponsor us, yeah. Sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> Except do us better when you make your social media posts. You finally Mm -hmm. made me something good. I was some sort of dessert, Virgo. Oh, and they they finally got you. It was a good one. Oh, good. I think this time you were pecan pie. Oh. I was a lemon bar. That's what it was. I love lemon bars. Oh, yum. Yeah, I rarely find a Capricorn something that I really like. I found one that was like that I posted on our Facebook, uh-huh. the houses. <laughs> and I'm like, finally, yes, that's yeah. the house I'd live in. <laughs> you always know when you look through those that some signs, whoever made it, just they just mm-hmm. don't care for them. Yeah. You can yep. tell. I want Most someone don't that... care for Capricorns, let me tell you. Right? <laughs> Jeez. I need just needs to like make a list because she genuinely loves every sign oh my gosh i know she would do love about her she's just she just radiates this this love and respect for every single aspect of astrology Mm -hmm. oh yeah even tarot someday you'll have to get a reading from her because she just oh my gosh she could pull you know the worst card and she'll be like oh my god i love this for you (laughs) <laughs> the death card oh yay she'll tell you why like she'll tell you it's mm-hmm. it's never a bad reading with her yeah yeah oh speaking of i also want to shout out wisteria readings um mm-hmm. that i think her instagram handle is wisteria witch and that's mm-hmm. christy cato she's amazing love her she's over in baltimore um we have a, like an instagram kind of like relationship where we find each other on instagram and i most recently she just started a little bit ago, her um, re- like tarot, like card reading business. Mm-hmm. And it's wisteriareadings.com. Amazing. I had her do a relationship spread for me and Gavin. Oh my gosh. So spot on. And she's just such a doll, too. I, and she has a great, like, if you like ancestral veneration and stuff, she is great to follow. That's like at, um, what is it? At wisteria. Which, yeah. We'll tag her. We'll tag her. We'll show notes. Check the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then my turn. Um, <laughs> tag your it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So for me, I got to go back. I got to go back because it all started. Well, I mean, if we're talking to about paranormal stuff, I know from birth, I was able to see things that weren't there, um, especially living near or eventually living near a cemetery that my mom would walk me through regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I saw my great uncle. That wasn't till years later that we kind of confirmed that's who I saw because I found a picture of him and I said, oh, who is this? When did I meet him? Because, like, what happened to him? I'm like, well, he died before you were born. Nope, nope. I've seen him. I know I have. Um, So stuff like that happened, oh. you know, from birth. And then yeah. around eight was when the craft came out. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And I had 
a best friend who was also my next door neighbor who was very into it. And it's really interesting because I was thinking about like, why were we both so into it? Someone on Facebook recently posted, like they posed a question, like what's something that you can't stand that everyone else seems to love? And everyone posted their different things. And someone I know said that they can't stand superhero movies. And at first I went, oh, because for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a slight nerd. I live that's for like, them. That's like hearsay yeah. for Laura. Yeah. But I also, I try to always be understanding. So I'm like, well, okay, not everyone's going to like that. It's very like action adventure kind of fantasy mm-hmm. but i'm like this person also likes star wars and indiana jones so what is it about your beef superhero with superheroes movies? man <laughs> right and then i kind of thought like it kind of hit me i'm like oh you kind of need to have i i because i know this isn't true in all cases but i think you need to have some bit of childhood trauma <laughs> to have liked it your entire mm-hmm. life because they're heroes mm-hmm. right they come and save the day and I think as a kid, you kind of glom on to that idea. Not everyone who has childhood trauma grows up to like Marvel. I get that. I'm just saying that's my theory. But mm-hmm. I also know that that is what my best friend and I had in common when it came to watching these witches on screen do what they did mm-hmm. and why we liked it so much. It's kind of like this idea that maybe there's an escape in some some way, that yeah. magic could be real. And, you know, from from that, we practiced based on what we had seen, which is essentially Hollywood Wicca. Right. Which is its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Hollywood Wiccan. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> that, that's a type. There it's got to go. be a type. Um, I base my practice off of the craft. <laughs> <laughs> and then shortly after that, it was Charmed. That came oh, out, charmed. and I was super into that as well. And around that same time, it was like sixth grade, we learned about Egypt in school, and I know other people are going to connect with this as well. We started to learn about Egypt, and I like fell deeply in love. I didn't know it was called like hemetic anything. I just mm-hmm. hemetic. Hemetic, where'd I get that from? <laughs> you put um, like Helen, Hellenistic and Kemetic together. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. We didn't learn about the Greeks at all, just Egypt. Um, and I was beyond obsessed. I was learning hieroglyphics because why not? And I was learning about all the gods. And I like, without realizing it was witchcraft related, was essentially doing that with the Egyptian pantheon. Cool. And while also like going home and watching Charmed. (laughs) Being like, I need my book of shadows. I was very, very into it. Um, And then shortly after that came the confirmation debacle of (laughs) (laughs) being forced to go through confirmation. And mind you, this was also a period of time when I was going through a lot. Um, I had just, I was at the tail end of an abusive relationship mm. with someone who had trigger warning, also raped me multiple times, and was kind of trying to refigure out life and 
was then being told, okay, you're doing this and you have no choice. You have to do it. It was, it was traumatic for me. Yikes. And, um, I fought back a lot in terms of, you know, I don't want to do that. Let me pick what I'm going to be. And it just, I'm the kind of person, if you try to make me do something I don't want to do, watch me go the opposite direction as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. And so since I couldn't actually do that, I, that's when I started researching all different beliefs, Um, Mm -hmm. not just witchcraft beliefs, but you know, other religions. And that for me was this weird, like mind-blowing experience as someone who had only been exposed to the Catholic religion. I started to learn of all these different similarities and differences and that, you know, I just, I was questioning everything even more, but then it got me onto, you know, the more ancient things that people Mm -hmm. believed and kind of, I wasn't so much the term pagan that was being used back then, but like what mm-hmm. the ancient Celts believed and things that I wasn't learning about in school that I always wondered, like, yeah. why didn't we learn about these people? Yeah. Um, and that is what I like to call like my entrance into my years of research slash shadow work. Uh, because it was essentially I was a teenager with a Catholic mom who didn't like me being interested in any of those things. And so everything I did was very private and um, I was in therapy because shadow work Mm -hmm. is therapy. Mm -hmm. And I think that would also make maybe uh, probably be our best next ethical episode. (laughs) Shadow work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And So that was like all through my teen years. And then my senior year, I forget how we came across this place. There was a surf shop in Sebastopol, which is where I was going to high school at the time. And there was this guy there, the owner. His name was Bruce. He was an old surfer. And he, I don't know that he realized it, but he is like a huge part of my journey to where I'm at now. Oh, he shared so much of his life. Like kids would just kind of come in and hang out with them because he just he was a cool guy. He he was an older guy, but he wasn't by any means like creepy for having mm-hmm. teenage. He wanted them to have like a safe place to be if they weren't yeah. going to be where they should be. Yeah. And um, he was a priest formerly. Oh. He was in the Vietnam War. And he would talk about his experiences holding men as they died. Oh, my God. And what that felt like. And he was no longer a priest, obviously. (laughs) And he just he kind of started me on this, not a new path, but like I started to steer away from all things Wicca. And was more opened up to just spiritualism in general Mm -hmm. and spirituality. And he, pra- I, for the life of me, I cannot remember what it was he said he did. I have Googled and Googled and Googled, and I cannot find the word. It was some form of energy healing. Okay. And it was not Reiki? Nope. It wasn't Reiki. And he would talk about how it was something that he did. He, there were only a couple masters of this 
in the Mm. world. And I remember one day I was sitting on the couch and I was watching, I think it was Dr. Strangelove. And all of a sudden my head, I just felt like this warmth and I felt really happy and really just like the happiest I've ever been ever just out of nowhere. And I kind of turned cause I was like, what is happening? And I see his hands right there. And I just oh. kind of looked at him and I was like, he said, I, I thought you might, you might need a little bit of that. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and it, he was never something that he like tried to prove to me that he could do. It was just something he talked about. And then it was that like, cause I've never had that, that sense, that feeling. It was just such a content, happy, I don't know. And that just like, I, it opened everything wide up for me of like, I got to keep finding more because I don't know what that was. I don't know where he's gone to these days. I know his shop was there for a while and it moved. And now I don't know where he is. I would, I want to find him, but I don't know what his last name was. Um, but that was huge for me. Because that's when I also started wow. to think back into um, the whole mediumship thing mm-hmm. and also psychic abilities. And, you know, I started thinking back to my my experiences with the poltergeist <laughs> and just trying to make connections uh, between yeah. those things and then like kind of the witchcraft world. I never really, even though what I was trying to do was that Wicca stuff, Mm -hmm. I still wasn't calling it witchcraft or calling myself a witch. It was just a thing that I was doing that I liked. Mm -hmm. Um, And that led into my early 20s, which was when I was the tail end of my last abusive relationship, because unfortunately there was more than one. And that I got, I was full blown, like focusing on just mediumship. Yeah. And, um, had some readings with different people started to get into things like past lives, Mm -hmm. um, had some past life readings and which was very cool. That was the first instance of someone saying you have a connection to the Vikings or something Viking ish. I'm not sure what, um, I think she's, she said either, this is this wasn't a past life reading. She said you either were a Viking or there is a Viking man connected to you. Oh wow. And so I'm like, what if it was both? <laughs> I just yeah. kind of want to go with that. Um, and the one another one of the past life readings said you she said something about me being a uh like a priest in Egyptian times. Or someone that was involved in the mummification process. Interesting. Which I was like, is that why I was so obsessed as a little sixth grader? I just, I wanted, and to this day, if someone gifted me this, I would be over the moon. One of the tools that was used to get the brain out the nose. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would have dreams of doing that. And I just was like, because I learned about it. Mm Mm-hmm. But the the person I who gave me this reading said, no, that's what you did. Oh, wow. And so, it, again, it was just this, like, wow. Like, this world of possibilities is just getting bigger yeah. and bigger. Yeah. And um, 
I was still very solitary in all of this. Like I explored all of this on my very own. I didn't really talk to anybody about it because I knew for one, my mom didn't like it. And I honestly was afraid of what people would say because I didn't know anyone else that was interested in it. So I kept it very close to myself. And then my like early to mid twenties is when I finally settled on realizing because I was continuously still researching, I realized, okay, I'm definitely someone who falls under that pagan umbrella. That's where I'm at. And anytime I did want to practice my thing, I would go outside. Um, And where I lived during that period, there was like a creek and like a long path and lots of like bushes everywhere. Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. hard for me to just walk off and be by myself Mm -hmm. and be in nature. Um, and then trying to think of like my mid to late twenties, that's when I started to look more into the ancestral stuff of like what I was connected to before I did the DNA tests and stuff like that. Um, and kind of focused on separating what I knew from the Wicca beliefs of like the wheel of the year versus the Celtic people and the Norse Mm -hmm. people. And, Mm -hmm. um, that's how I like was even more settled on like, okay, so I'm, I'm pagan. That's definitely where I fall. And, um, my late twenties was where kind of the Norse world was opened up to me. And so for a while, if you were to ask me, I would say I'm a Norse pagan specifically because that's all I worked with. And I say that in past tense because where I'm at now, um, I've kind of dropped the Norse part. For the most part, not entirely. Mm -hmm. It's still the majority of of my practice, but um, I kind of reached a point where, you know, I was, I've been kind of jumping all over the place a little bit here because that's just kind of how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally. have been working on my abilities. I joined an evidential mediumship group where you practice giving readings with other people Ooh. who are also practicing. Yeah. Um, I got way more into dream work and um, I just communicating with whoever and I started to get some signs. Now I'm still figuring out deities and how they fit into my practice, um, how I work with them and what I think of them. Like I, I work with the Norns. They're that's it's fate. Yeah. To me, it doesn't really matter. You know, I know, I know what it is. Um, But in terms of like other individuals, I'm still figuring that out. And I actually had a crazy experience where I dreamt that I was being shown this place. We kind of went way out and then we went underground and I had no clue where I was or what was happening. And I see this guy who's being just punished. And I kept thinking, why is he being punished and I kept getting this name stuck in my head. And I I later, when I, when I woke up, I couldn't figure it out. Kronos? I was like, not Kronos. Is it somebody else? 
but during the stream, like I was watching all of this happening and then I was in a town Mm -hmm. and I, for some reason, people kept saying I was Athena, which I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But then I'm watching as these creatures are coming out of the water and I was like, oh, it's the Titans. So the Titans Mm -hmm. are coming and basically like without getting into too much detail, I woke up and I had to like sit and really research. I've, I've been interested in the Greek pantheon, but like not that much. Like I know a little tiny bit. Yeah. But not a ton. And so I had to look up. There is someone who's, so the place that I first dreamt of was, see, now I don't even remember. It was like the underworld. There is someone who's in the Greek Hades? stories. Not Hades. There's someone who's supposed to be being punished for all eternity. Oh, there's a few people. Yeah. But there was someone, like, I'm looking up, like, these names and, like, mm-hmm. it, there just started to be all these connections. And I was like, well, is, was this just, like, a roundabout way of, like, introducing Athena into my life? I don't know. And then, like, two days later, I was brushing my teeth, and I usually stay over the sink when I brush my teeth. I'm not someone who, like, wanders around Mm -hmm. when I do that. But I just happened to, like, turn around, and I opened the window, and in the bushes, there was, like, a feather right on top. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty feather, and I collect feathers. And so when I was done, I went out and I got it, and I was like, this isn't a chicken feather, though, and that would be a weird place for the chicken feathers to be. And I pulled up this app for identifying it and it was a barn owl. So I'm like, that makes sense for where I'm at. But then I was like, are, owl. owls, are owls associated with Athena? And oh, I yeah, looked it up are. and it, and it, yeah. And so it was just this weird, like, okay, just weird connections in a weird way. And I, that's kind of how my practice has been lately. Mm-hmm. Just being opened up to more, especially I, you know, kind of wanted to pull a call, put a call out to the Celtic pantheon too, to be like, if there's anything here, just send me a sign. And first it was days of crows all around my house. Yeah. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Which there is a Celtic connection. And then I, I was like, no, I feel bad. I feel like I'm leaving my Norse family. And then mm. the crows were joined by ravens. Oh. <laughs> and there is a difference, y'all. Some people think that oh, they're yeah. one and the same. There's a difference. If you So first of all, ravens are bigger. But mm-hmm. a crow cause, you know, that caw, caw. Mm-hmm. But a raven, it's more of like a rah, rah. Yeah, it's more guttural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I fucking love ravens so much, but I love crows just They're as awesome. much too. Um, so basically what my practice consists of now that came littered in in the years leading up to it is I do a lot of divination um, because of the pagan nature of what I do. There's a lot of like green witchery essentially. I don't Mm -hmm. call myself a green witch, but it is a big part of it because I do a lot with plants. I do a lot with herbs, um, teas, even even stuff around the home, cleaning and cooking. And it's all kind of part of it, Um, which is funny when you're talking about the, the herbal school, because I forget what year it was. 
several years ago, I found this woman on the internet called, her name's April Graham. She goes by She Is Of The Woods. Oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. she's an herbalist. And mm-hmm. when I first came across her, I'm like, what the fuck? And I kept going. And then I found her. <laughs> I kept finding her. And I was like, all right, clearly I need, like, I'll give her a chance. And I started watching. And I, like, deeply fell in love with her style of sharing, mm-hmm. which is she has a connection to the land and to plant life through both of her parents both native and um, Irish, specifically Irish traveler. And her motto is essentially no knowledge held hostage for profit. So. Wow. I've learned so much from her. Just from her videos, not just on, on um, Instagram, but YouTube, she's a ton and Back mm-hmm. when she she had a decent following, it wasn't massive um, the way that it is now, but it was enough that she had a good amount of followers. She sold products, but you could message her and she would respond to you. And, oh, that was like the golden age because I got so much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's where I've, I have and continue to learn a lot of what I know. I do know – I feel like we're kind of flip-flopped. I do – know a little bit of the ma- like magical qualities of herbs but i know mm-hmm. way more when it comes to like the the medicinal the medicinal yeah. uses and i i have a still for making hydrosols and collecting like the teeny bit of oil that comes out of it um i do infused oils i do herbal infusions i do tinctures but all of it but i learned mm-hmm. it all from this one person and um you know i have other sources now but i just there was just something about that that like grabbed my heart that was like as someone who's trying to connect with you know ancestors and what they did it just felt very like Mm -hmm. yes that makes sense to me um so that's a big part of my practice that i just i don't think i really share too much of that or talk too much about that but mm-hmm. plants man i love them all things kitchen all <laughs> things ancestors we love them um plants man we love lunar <laughs> and solar cycles as well because i think that just kind of goes in with like the pagan ancestral parts of that's how they measure time mm-hmm. so it's just part of my practice and I, as far as the future and where I see my practice growing, I think, um, I want to, there's so much that I want, which is why sometimes I feel like (laughs) my progress is stalled slightly, um, just because Mm -hmm. of all the things I want to do. I want to continue to grow my mediumship and psychic abilities. I want to continue to grow, um, I want to do more readings. I want to make that more of a thing that I do on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. And um, I don't know. At one point I saw myself like making and selling some of the stuff that I make. Yeah. Because I just, I like it so much and I want to do more of it. But I'm, I'm a wide open book. I'm hoping to bring life into this world sooner rather than later. 
So mm-hmm. I also hope that that affects what I do. And I'm excited to see how it does. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Yay. Oh, man. Well, I'm I'm so sorry. We're going to have to wrap this up very soon because I have 5% on my laptop battery. Um. <laughs> Is that why you're barely moving? It might be because you, your video is also slowed down on my end. Um, okay. <laughs> like it's like a lot more choppy. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, you know, I, well, I think we are that, at the end you know, us, of our notes. Yeah. So I mean, we are. We are. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I hope that, you know, uh, us two sharing what our paths look like um, and all the other information that we've covered in this episode helps answer at least in some part you know a lot of the messages we get asking about you know what do I do with my path or how do I even start um and thank you so much also for like trusting us in Mm -hmm. asking advice from us um yeah we love connecting with you all and yeah if you have more questions never hesitate to reach out um so if would do do you want to reveal what because this is going to be a series. This is like the intro really to the series on like, you know, following episodes of this series, we'll delve into like yes. little deep dives on kinds on, on one kind of witch. Um, like we'll, it'll be a single type. We'll go over like all the things associated, how to mm-hmm. incorporate it into your practice and life, tips and tricks, maybe even some like crossover, like Venn diagram stuff like <laughs> we mentioned earlier. And more, of course, <laughs> hoping that we actually get some of these witches from those paths on the podcast as well but would you like to reveal um what uh what our first which type will be yeah so i figured we could cover something that we both have in common in our practices so our first type will be the green witch Oh, my God. This is news to me as well, (laughs) Um, listeners. So that's awesome. I think that's a great place to start. I think it comes naturally, too, because there's – oh, my gosh, excuse me. There's just, like, so much nature and a lot of different kinds of uh, witch practices. So I think it's something that kind of comes naturally and also crosses over to a lot of other awesome types of witches as well. Absolutely. Um, Awesome. So I'll do our wrap-up before my laptop dies. (laughs) Quick, quick. <laughs> so you've been listening to the new witches. I'm <laughs> I'm Maria. I'm Laura. And if you'd like to follow us on the social media channels, that's at the new witches on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Um, if you like to support the show, uh, obviously give us a follow, but you could also um, support us through our Patreon and be our Patreon member, get exclusive benefits. That's patreon.com slash the new witches. Um, if you'd like to contribute to an upcoming listeners episode, we do that every 13th of the month. You can email us at the new witches at gmail.com. Send us your story or a question. You can also go to our website, the new and go to our contact page. We have a submission form there or give us a ring. We have a Google voice number. Just go straight to voicemail. You have three minutes to leave us your story or question. And the number for that is 707-559-8111. That is all. We love you all. Thank you for listening and stay witchy. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye. Bye.